Welcome to the Fantasy Aceball Podcast. This is your host, Tim Kanak. You can find me on Twitter at Fantasy Aceball. And you can find my written work over on Friends with Fantasy Benefits, including my catcher F score rankings, which we're going to be talking about today. Uh, with us today, we have a special treat because the three amigos are all here for the first time in a couple weeks. We have Raymond Atherton at Raymond Atherton on Twitter. Say something, Raymond. What's up, guys? Oh, I, I was so waiting for you to say something. Okay. <laughs> and then we also have with us Twitterless Gabe Jenner, who Raymond and I are still trying to convince to get on Twitter because he wants to do CBS mock drafts with Scott White, and he can't do it unless he has a Twitter. <laughs> What's happening? Hey, so check this out. Fred Zamorski was a lucky reader who got to join in. Because he Fred. signed up on Twitter, Gabe. Yeah, he still have a Twitter handle behind his name. Oh, you know how that happens. I bet if we I bet if we tweet this Fred guy, we'll find it. (laughs) No, I guarantee you can go to Scott's. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) Or or I could just give you Scott's email because I have it. But (laughs) anyway, I'm just trying to make you go to Twitter. (laughs) Anyway, uh, we're gonna be talking about my mock draft today. We had another I had another one yesterday, but we're talking about one I did last week because. I love Dynasty. And we had a head-to-head points, and that's something to keep in mind with this draft, is that it's a points league. Dynasty mock draft on C- on CBS. Uh, I think it was Thursday last week. You can actually find the article on CBS. Um, but I was drafting from the seventh slot. And I'll just read you guys my final team real quick. And then I think after I read the team, if we take it round by round, Raymond, I'll let you, you roll round by round and tell me what you like, what you don't like. And uh, Gabe can provide commentary. So my team, I'm going to take it position by position. I have my catcher is Will Smith. And then I also ended up with Dalton Varsho, who I was kind of plugging into the outfield. But then I also got my boy, Newbar. So Varsho is kind of just like a nice little option that I can move between catcher when Will Smith is not playing. Or I can make as like my outfield three or also my util guy. And then because this is also a dynasty, I also got Bo Naylor as my third catcher. So... Three catchers, I know, but uh, Varsha will not be a catcher next year, so that's something to keep in mind. My first baseman is Paul Goldschmidt. My second baseman is Max Muncie, but I also drafted Trevor Story because it taken into account, again, this is Dynasty, and while Trevor Story might miss a big portion of this year, I got crazy value on him, drafting him late in this draft. So for future seasons, that's really good value on Story and even the end of this year. Then I also drafted Orioles prospect Connor Norby as my third second baseman. For shortstop, I have Willie Adames. Gabe knows all about Willie Adames and how much we like him. And then I also have Trevor Story as my backup. So I've got Story as like my backup middle infielder, basically. Uh, for third base, I have Eugenio Suarez. Then I have Muncie as an option. If Story comes back early, I can plug Story into second and then make Muncie my third base. Uh, and then I also have Curtis Mead as my third third baseman, who is a raised prospect who should be up relatively early this year. Outfield one, I have Kyle Tucker. Enough said there. First round pick there. Outfield two, Kyle Schwarber. Outfield three, I've got that Varsho Newbar combo. And then I also have Gavin Cross, who's a Royals prospect, who's a little, probably a couple years off. Uh, Util, I have Newbar. And then I also have Story and all those other guys that I just read about. And I have my boy Trent Grisham, too, on the bench, which everybody knows I'm all about some Trent Grisham this year. Pitchers. Starting pitcher one, I have Corbin Burns, SP2, Hunter Green. SP3, Lance Lynn, 
SP4, Andrew Haney. SP5, I've got Joe Ryan. And then my pitching bench, I've got Brian Bayo, Braxton Garrett, and Miles Michaelis. And then for relief pitchers, this is my favorite part of the draft because this is a points league. But my relief pitchers I got, I have RP1 is Spencer Strider, <laughs> which is this is going to be a lot of fun this year. And then I also have RP2, Hunter Brown, <laughs> and Garrett Whitlock. So I've got three starters as my relief pitchers. So I've got those sparps in there for my relief spots. So what do you think, Raymond, of this team? And uh, I don't know if you want to take it by the round or if you want to just judge my team in general, but what, what are your thoughts on it? My first thought is Kyle Tucker. I don't know if I would have taken Kyle Tucker seventh overall in the points league. Who would you have taken there in that, in that spot? Let me get back up to the first round. Probably not. That's or Alvarez. Even Tatis, man. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if Kyle Tucker has the on-base skills to be as elite as some of those other guys. Um, he has good plate skills. He's really good all around. I think the main thing with Tucker is like if he hits higher in the order, that would help him. Right. Yeah. I honestly, I might have taken Alcantara there. Mm, really? That high? I think he's. I think he's for sure a first rounder in a points league. Mm, maybe I don't. This is dynasty. Maybe is not. Dynasty. Maybe not a dynasty. Yeah. yeah this is dynasty, and I don't know if I want to be loading up on pitching like that that early. Um, I already. I mean, like I got Burns still, so in the second round. And I'd take yeah, Burns over Alcantara. So, uh, you know, to hit your point, though, I was between Tucker and Otani in this spot. And what made the decision for me is this is a weekly league and not a daily league. If this is a daily yeah. league, Otani probably would have been first overall. But this is a weekly league, so that's why I went Tucker. Um, because Otani's going to lose a week of at-bats, maybe a, a week just per day off if he's pitching and stuff like that. Maybe. Last week, last year, he didn't, we didn't see much of that. Um, I did think about Tatis, but I thought Tatis was going to last a little longer. I thought I was going to have a shot at Tatis in the second round, actually. Uh, but that didn't happen. So I hear that. Where are you at on that, Cabe? I'm surprised that Tatis got went in the first round. That's at the, I don't know. That's, I guess he's only missing, you know, 30 games or whatever. But, uh, dude, I don't know. I At first, I was kind of shocked by the Kyle Tucker thing. I just, uh, I, I didn't realize the guys like, you know, Trey Turner and Machado were, had fallen so far, I guess, because it's a dynasty league and they're older. Is that why? Yeah, exactly. Because this in a is daily. Remember, Tucker's like twenty five. Those guys are like thirty. So, yeah, that is something yeah, to yeah. take into consideration. Even even though like most dynasty leagues probably only last like three to five years on average. If you want to play kind of like three to five year game, like Tucker for that three to five year window is going to be in his prime. Like the other guys that you just mentioned, Machado, Betts, like they're going to be. Starting yeah. to get older, but obviously, by a years in the road. I'm far more inexperienced. I think I've been in zero fantasy drafts where, or at least in the last five years, where Trey Turner and Machado weren't first, you know, top 10 guys. But that just shows things are this, changing. What do you think about this top three? Acuna, Soto, J Rod. Is that the order that you would pick your top three in, or would you switch that up a little bit? Dude, I just, I think again, with, no. with you know, Jose Ramirez, I, 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 he's like a top five guy for me, but it's a dynasty league. He's older, you know. I, I so I guess I'm just he still went fifth. Yeah, yeah. He, I, mean, I love Jose fit. Ramirez. I and I, I just, I'm a, I'm a huge Jose Ramirez guy. I'd have a hard time passing on him. But 
uh, with, you know, the other guys are kind of more volatile and have more, you know, like Acuna obviously has an injury risk. J-Rod hasn't, you know, he's not, J-Rod has, you know, one season. It's just, that that's kind of shocking to see him go number three. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not surprised. I probably would have, in this format, his points, I probably would have gone Soto first. Yeah, then, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I would have probably gone Soto first, then Acuna, oh, then J-Rod. Then, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, honestly, though, Gabe, like I would have drafted Tucker ahead of Jose Ramirez and ahead of Judge just because it's a dynasty. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah and, sure. and that's why. So, dude, that, I, that's is... clearly the reason why. But you, you guys make a good, uh, Raymond, you made a good point about you were Don going 11th in points. So, my question, like, my question is like, I think he's going to be interesting because he's DH only in some leagues. And it looks like here Yuck. is he DH only, because that's Who's a game this? changer. Mm, I, I think, think on CBS, I think he's outfield eligible. I, I think, think he is. is too. And if that's the case, I would have taken him fourth probably. That could change though. That could change. And you know what else is interesting is Turner going ahead of Witt in this in Dynasty. Trey, like, are you no, taking in, in Dynasty? Who are you taking, Turner or Witt? Did you say Gabe. me or Gabe? Okay. Gabe, you taking Turner or Witt? Man, I love I love Bobby Witt. I I guess, dude. I don't know, man. I I'm telling you, I'm and I'm wrong here. I've just got Trey Turner locked in. So you know, it's such a historically, he's just been one of the top guys. And in our in our league, is so shallow. I'm so deep. I'm sorry that Trey Turner is one of the only first round talents that's even available to draft. So I'm just I'm skewed, man. I love Bobby Witt though. I mean, he's he's my guy for sure. Uh, in a dynasty, dude, I, you know, it makes sense for Witt to go before Turner. Dude, Trey Turner's 29. Yeah, and he's a speed guy. And, he, and he's going to bat leadoff for one of the best offenses in baseball. Like, Bobby Witt still plays for the Royals, and they still play in a terrible place to hit. Like, I get that he's a rookie, but I think people tend to overvalue age a little bit in dynasty startups. Like, Wander Franco went 25th. Like, I get it, but, like, he hasn't proven that he can even play a full season yet, and he yeah. went ahead of he went ahead of Freddie Freeman. Yeah, this is this is a weird one. Is and I love Scott, but Scott took Ozzy Albie's in the second round here, ahead of yeah, ahead I of ahead of Pete Alonso even, and Freddie Freeman. And to me, that's that's a little cr- and it's points. So the steals don't really matter. Yeah, that to me that's a little, Henderson. That's a little crazy. And and Spencer Strider even. So that's a little yeah, odd to me. Um, okay, so what is with Rushman going in the third round? Is that is that real life? Yeah, remember that dynasty. People are anointing <laughs> him the next Buster Posey. So he's a, still a catcher in a fantasy baseball league, right? Is he is he getting is he getting points for his framing ability, his team leadership? <laughs> Um, well, remember, Gabe, points leagues, you get points for walks, and his on-base rate mm. is pretty ridiculous, too. Okay. So so that's something to keep in mind. I, he was actually in my queue at that time. I wasn't going to draft him probably for another – to, like, fifth round, but he was in my queue at that time. Interesting. I'm not a big yeah. catcher guy. Yeah, me neither. I mean, like, even look at the value I got on, like uh, – Goldschmidt. I got Goldschmidt in the fourth round. And then Dude, I got good news for you. 
You say you're not a catcher guy. Guess what we're talking about today? Yeah, hey, 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 you'll notice who I selected. All value guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. All the guys that you're going to be shooting for. Uh, so I know you love this pick, though, Raymond, is I got Lars Newbar in the ninth, in the ninth round. Yeah, that's, I know you that's love nice. that. Because you missed on him last time. Your last mock, you missed on him. And I know that made you so sad. That I had to cover, I had to cover and, and grab new bar for you. Well, you see what draft. what you had the advantage of people fitting Muncie because it's a dynasty league, so you were able to get new bar then Muncie. In my redraft, I had to take Muncie first and then missed out on new bar. Yeah, and you know, you know, it's I f- I feel like people still drop some really strong, like uh, keeper types, like Brian Bayo going in the 14th round in a dynasty or story in the 15th, like Bryce Harper winning the second still, but then story dropped all the way to the 15th round. Dude, Carlos Correa at 112 is kind That's of crazy. Shocking. Did he have to pass the physical? <laughs> yeah. It took 10 Three rounds times. for the results to come in. Three times. But you know, it's funny. Is, uh, I think Pena went ahead of him still, didn't he? Oh no, Pena went right behind him. Dansby went ahead of him. Walker Bueller in the 11th. I know he's – is he even playing this year? No, but that was no, a steal. Not. When Scott drafted him, I, I told Scott, I was like, that was a really good pick. Because he he might play, like, the last month or whatever. He, he might do what, like, Glass now did, right? Play, like, the very last month and in the playoffs. Dustin Mith- But, um, yeah, yeah I, I'd say that's a good timeline for him. But, I like um, how Scherzer and Verlander went back-to-back at 68 and 69. Like that, I think that is overvaluing youth. I mean, they're going to be they're both going to be top. Me. They're both going to be top twelve starting pitchers, and someone got them in the sixth round. You're so right, Raymond. That's that's criminal. <laughs> and yeah. they both probably are going to pitch for two more years. Yeah, the best two, you know, the two best two of the top five pitchers in the league. So I passed on them at that point because I already obviously had Burns and Strider, and I didn't want to just be like the all pitching team. I can't believe you got Burns where you did. Yeah, and a point to the yeah. kind of nuts. Is pitching really like is pitching uh, undervalued in these type of scenarios? No, usually pitching is more important in points yeah. leagues because they get more innings. Uh, it's a, it's a, a lot of it is like the the top end starting pitchers are more important because you need guys who are going to pitch a lot of innings. Not a single pitcher but, went in the first round. But yeah, it, yeah, but the big but is that this is also a dynasty league, so like. Do you really yeah. want to build your team around a pitcher who could get Tommy John and be out for two years or a year and a half? Like that's yeah. that's the risk. So that's why. Like, well, that's why you in wait till round. Leagues, pitchers will fall, but then in points leagues, pitchers will rise. So it's kind of like a weird counterbalance in this type of format. Wow, dude, Shane Bieber went at the end of the fourth round. Like, I think Gabe, like we're seeing this year, pitching is getting pushed down the board because everyone is racing to get these stud hitters in the first three rounds. So Interesting. this league was a little bit better with Alcantara at 14 and Burns at 18, but I've, oh, and McClanahan at 21. But no, I was in a roto mock with these same CBS guys, and I think one pitcher went in the first two rounds. Um, yeah. And like two two pitchers went in the first three rounds. You'll see like, and it depends on who's drafting, right? Is like even I've been doing like ADP, looking at like my values versus ADPs, 
And there are a couple closers going like the second and third round of NFPC drafts. Like Class A and uh, Diaz are going like second, third round. Wait, what? 12 team leagues? You might not see that. Saves only? It's like 15 team. Yeah, saves only. That's like 15 saves only. Yeah, saves only. It's a totally different animal. Yeah, those closures really get bumped up in those types of leagues. And something I really noticed this season, though. (laughs) Yeah. There's a, something I really noticed though is, is there's a ton of O'Neill Cruz love going on right now. I see that. Like there's a like Fifth O'Neill round. Cruz is getting drafted so high in like every draft. Because he had such an and amazing And Dylan Dylan Cease too. And Dylan Cease is one I'm worried about too, who t- who's going pretty high in like every draft I've been in. Why? Because he's a Tommy John guy or what? Why are you worried about that? He's a stud, isn't he? He was really bad in the second half last year. Huh. And he's he's like he's had historically bad control issues in the past, and they seem to he's kind like, of come back in the second half last year, and that kind of concerns me. I think he's I mean he's filthy. He still has filthy stuff, but like if he runs into a rut, like if you look at the beginning of his career, he just had atrocious walk rates. It's like Shane McClanahan light. <laughs> Some people draft C's over McClanahan, which is crazy to me. He doesn't have the control McLeanahan has. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this was an interesting one, too, prospect-wise. We had Jackson Churio go at 78 overall, above Ellie De La Cruz at 81, which to me is a little nutso. He's not going to play for two or three years. Who, Jackson Churio? No, uh, Holiday. Oh no, Jackson Churio, not Holiday. Oh, sorry. I I, Holiday went Holiday went really high too. I saw him on this list. Sorry. I'll find him again. Yeah. Churio is still a couple. He's he's nineteen. Churio is nineteen yeah, years yeah. old. He, he he reached double A last year, but he's probably two years away. Uh, Ellie could come up this year. So. Jackson Holiday went in the ninth round. Okay, my bad. Vinny That's P at really fifty three seems out of control. Vinny P is awesome, dude. I know he's awesome, but like he's the high man on Vinny P. He's apparently not because he went in the middle of the <laughs> round to a guy named Jake Holland. <laughs> no, I, I ahead of guy. ahead of Kyle Schwarber and Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and Grayson Rodriguez. <laughs> and I got Kyle Schwarber Dalton Varsha one one entire round later at sixty six. I cannot believe So, in Di- who would you take? Are you taking Vinny P or Schwarber in Dynasty? Vinny P. Well, given that I could get Schwarber a whole round later, apparently, give me Schwarber. <laughs> yeah. And he plays more positions than Vinny P. And he plays in a better ballpark and a better lineup. Like, But he's old. He's like 29 or 30. <laughs> he's not. All right. Any old. other interesting notes on this draft that you guys see that you want to talk about before we jump over to the catchers? I, I just can't get over the pitching uh, discrepancy, you know, the how late pitchers went. I guess I should. Is that going to be like our odd new draft or guys not going to draft pitchers? Mm, well, that's an think... odd salary cap. That'll be different. Yeah, it's salary. There will be pitchers who go, but you're going to see hitters go for higher values. Just from my experience, that's what's going to happen. But pitchers um, still will get up to like, so like the, the best pitchers usually will get up to like forty five bucks, or so, forty five ish dollars, maybe maybe to fifty, and odd new, but um, and the the best hitters will get up to like 
you'll see like Aaron Judge at like sixty sixty five dollars or something. So maybe. how many so how like many dollars are you paying for more. Degrom in a in our in a you know startup dynasty league? What are you paying for Degrom? So I did an auto mock draft that I was tweeting about for a while, and I think Degrom went for like forty four bucks, and it wasn't to me. I was going to say so. I was going to say thirty. I think I was at like I think I was at like forty forty one or forty two on him, but. And that's also in points where he really plays up. Like the fun, the funny thing in Adnu is Degrom had like nine hundred something points last year. I want to say, even though he barely played, and like I think the the best pitcher had like eleven hundred points. So he was only like two hundred points behind, and he missed half the season. Uh, so that's more than half the season. So that's how good Degrom is. He's like <laughs> just ridiculous. Um. Anything else you guys want to talk about before we jump to the catchers? I think you got good value on Lance Lynn at 223. Yeah, I think so too, because he's like nice, nice, safe vet who's going to give me innings to pop in there with all my other young guys that I was drafting. So, And I think his better format is going to be points because he's a good volume guy. He doesn't get a ton of strikeouts, but he should be. He should be pretty good in points. Yeah, he's still a caper nine guy, so. Yeah. And you know, Tony LaRusso regression. Yeah, true. All right, you ready, Gaby? Ready. Okay. So we are going to talk about catchers. If you want to look at the full article, you can go on Friends of Fantasy Benefits and check out the catcher F-score rankings. You can see there the F-scores for every single catcher and then I even break down and give some analysis of my rankings and the F scores versus ADPs. And I label on there who I think is going to be a sleeper, who could be a bust, who could be a breakout. Um, so pretty interesting stuff if you want to check out the article. But for today's podcast, each of us picked three dudes that we want to talk about from the catcher position. And Raymond picked the highest ranked catcher on the list. So we're going to start with you, Raymond. Uh you know who we're going to talk about, lead it off, and let us know why you want to talk about this. So I wanted to talk about JT Romuto because I think he is, for my money, the best catcher in fantasy, given his his very toolsy skill set he possesses. He, I spent a lot of time looking at Baseball Savant today, and he's one of the only catchers who hits home runs to all fields, and he's pretty fast. And... He is up there with Salvador Perez and plate appearances every year, so you're going to get more counting stats from him. And then that Phillies offense just got better with the addition of Trey Turner, like we keep talking about. Um, and, yeah, no, I think for my money, he's just – I don't know if I'm going to draft him in the third round like his ADP suggests, but, yeah, I think for my money, he's the best catcher in fantasy. He is – his value is ridiculous, by the way. Um, if you look on the F scores, you can see he has a 112 F score and a 119 feature F score, which is really high compared to the catchers. There are only six catchers with over a one F score with a one, over 100 F score, uh, to give that more like emphasis. So only six catchers have 100 or over, and he's at 112, uh, per the F scores, he has the third best power of all catchers to Cal rally and Mike Zunino. And he has the best speed of all catchers. So third best power and best speed 
of all catchers, plus a pretty solid league average hit tool. And you can see you see on the F scores, and you if you, anyone is following along and wants to to look at the F scores online, you can see that I put value percentages of shallow league, standard league, and deep league. So that's basically the percentage value off of uh, the average catcher at that position. Why, why so, is his F durability only one hundred two? Um, because He's he played is in... primary catcher and he doesn't play every single game. Yeah, but he still plays more than almost every other catcher, not named Salvador Perez. And, and Dalton Varsho. And Dalton Varsho, but he's not a full-time catcher, so does he even count? Um, the thing is, yeah, Varsho is going to get higher because he's playing other positions. Kirk might because Kirk is de-aging all yeah. the time. Uh, I don't remember. Did Real, least... Nuzo, did Real Nuzo get hurt last year? Did he miss some time? Was he injured? I don't know if he was, but he still played in 139 games and had 562 plate appearances. But he's had at least 500 plate appearances every year since 2016. That wasn't COVID. Yeah, that's a lot. But remember, the durability is based on all players, not just catchers. Would there be a way, and this might be totally worthless, but I wonder if there'd be, if it would be valuable to like grade the catchers on a uh like on a scale or whatever like i mean obviously you'd have to have like a separate ranking yeah you mean for durability purposes. well you can still yeah, see you can't that break because, the system yeah well the thing is if you if you just search the durability column you can see that real muto the only guys that have more durability than him i think it's just mj melendez that might be the only one he's the only one with a higher ranking durability wise so that's going to tell you Who's going to get the most at bats? The reason Melendez is higher is because Melendez was not only playing in the outfield last year for the Royals, but he was leading off. So he's getting more at bats. And he's young. Um, the last thing I want to say is he he has 12 home runs, according to Baseball Savant, that very, very easily could have been home runs, like wall scrapers that bounce back in. So he very easily could have hit 32 instead of 22 home runs last year. It's a good stat. Um, so NFBC wise, Real Muto is going 26 right now. That's his ADP. I have him as my 25th overall player. And from a value perspective against the position. So if you are on the F score rankings and you're looking at standard league value, you can see that Real Muto has a 21 and a half percent standard league value. That means he's 21 and a half percent over that position. If you were rating based on that instead of overalls, he would be the third player to Judge and Soto in my F scores taken. It'd go like Judge, Soto, and then a real Muto. Because that's how valuable he is compared to the rest of the catchers at the position. But I'm just not willing to rank him any higher than where I have him at 25 overall. I don't know. Would you be willing to take real Muto in the second round of a 12-team league, Gabe? I, I kind of fade Real Muto just because I'm not a catcher guy. You know, I'm not going to be the first guy to take a catcher. I think he's probably the first one to go, unless maybe Rushman. Uh, but I'm not uh, – I'm just not a big catcher guy. So I'm looking for guys that are going to get, you know, at-bats over, you know, primary catchers. Even knowing Outfield what we just guys. discussed about how this kind of value he has over the other catchers of the position, you don't see – you don't, you don't see additional value in maybe just reaching to get real Muto so you don't have to think about catcher anymore. And then you just have that guy locked in 
against all these other crappy catchers that all your other teams you're playing against have. There's like, there is value in that knowing, Hey, look, like I'm going to get this additional value that nobody else can even compete with uh, when I'm against them. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Gonna, I'm just not the guy that's ever going to pay up for a catcher. You know, I just, it's uh, the, I'm not saying I'm right. It's the Travis Kelsey argument in fantasy football. Yep. yep. I never get Travis Kelsey. I love, <laughs> I love me some there cheese. Yeah. So what do you think, Raymond? Are you drafting real Muto in the top two rounds of a 12 team league? In the top two, no. I think if he was, if I have a middle pick or one of the top first round picks, and he falls to like the back half of the third round, I'd start thinking about it. Um, so you're probably out even of position, lower on than I am. Those out of position steals are nice, though, man. Twenty one steals from the catcher position, like nobody's doing that besides Varsho, and he's not a complete drain and batting average either, with the power upside he possesses. So. I think he's. I think that's a fair ADP, but I was all in on Salvador Perez last year. I took him in a couple leagues, not all of them, because you know catcher is volatile, and we saw how that that worked out after he led the league in home runs the year before. So yeah, yeah. it's tough. Catcher is, yeah, catcher is tough. All right, Raymond. The next guy is also yours in the rankings. You picked our my number four catcher, Dalton Varsho. Tell, tell me why you picked Varsho to talk about. So I picked Varsho because he has the, what I thought was the biggest speed upside of all the catchers when, you know, we were picking these guys and, and doing my research, I, uh, JT Romuto had more steals than he did last year. Never would have guessed that. And also he doesn't hit the ball as hard as I thought he did. And mm-hmm. he needs to he needs to pull the ball to get it over the fence, and I thought maybe there would be like a park downgrade there, like Roger Center's harder to hit in, but grades out about the same. But I guess he's just he's not as good as I thought he was, and you so I wanted like actually, actually looking at the data. What I like to know things. I was gonna say if you had just looked at the F scores, you would see that Varsha has a one sixteen power. Versus Real Muto has 142, and a 138 speed versus Real Muto has 151. So they would have answered those things that you didn't know if you just looked Look at the that. Yeah, well, see, this is <laughs> this is a fun thing to do with like we talked with Justin Mason about like bias and like what you're, and we've talked about this before, like what you think you think, and then once you look at the numbers and the spreadsheets and the data, like. The, the opinion you actually form. So, like, I think the bar show thing for me was just, like, eye-opening, I guess. Like, what I thought isn't actually the case. And it's, like, I don't yeah. know if it's because people talk about Varsho like he's the, you know, the darling of the catcher position. And in reality, is that... Well, one of the reasons like, everyone just loves him so much is just that he can play in the outfield. He's going to get every day at bats. Like you can bank that. Yeah. Unless he's going to get 600 plate appearances. Like, yeah. like next year when he's not catcher eligible, is he a top 150 pick? Yeah. I think I have him still as a top 15 or 20 outfielder. So he's in that range. Um, so he's still good. And he's with the Blue Jays now, so that's a nice lineup to hit in the middle of for sure. And he hit two thirty-five last year. Like across the board, I was disappointed with his numbers. He's gonna hit higher next year. He's a lefty. Remember. We got <laughs> that shift thing is gonna help him. 
and especially as a guy who pulls the ball all the time, like you just mentioned. So that's going to get better. So you should expect his batting average to go up next year. That means he's going to get on baseball base more. So it's possible he could steal more bases, but then again, he's going to be hitting lower in the lineup for the blue Jays than he would be for the D backs. So that's one more thing to keep in mind. And Rogers center is changing their walls. I'm pretty sure that they're bringing the left field fences in. So that's going to help our show is that they're doing that. Um, Have they announced what they're doing yet? I saw that they announced that they're doing it, but I haven't seen like numbers put to it yet. I haven't seen exactly what it is, but I'm pretty sure they're bringing the left field walls in some, some amount. Uh, Gabe, as the neighborhood of Varsho owner in our Dynasty League, talk about Varsho a little bit. Uh, dude, I, so Varsho is my exception to the catcher rule. Uh, I, I will reach on Varsho. I'm, and I, and it's because his, you know, his, his positional versatility. I think that outfield is, you know, kind of a scarcity position too. And we talked about, you have a, you have a stat for that, Tim, about the deeper the league, how, you know, the positional scarcity that flares up, you know, in yeah. the outfield rankings. Uh, I am, I am all in on Varsho uh, for his speed, his youth. I love the move to Toronto. Uh, I mean, there, there's so many guys over the years that have gone to Toronto and, you know, hit 40 home runs uh, that, you know, would have never, that never did in their entire career. Uh, you know, there's something in Toronto. They're usually pretty good about, you know, getting more power out of guys. Uh, you know, for whatever reason, I, I guess that, that I don't think that park rates out particularly well, you know, as an above average hitters park, but I, I'm excited about the move. I'm excited about that lineup in Toronto. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I will reach for Dalton Varsho. And that is like for everything that you said about real Muto about having not to worry about the, the position anymore. Uh, I just feel better about Varsho, especially at, you know, I don't know how real Muto's speed's going to translate as he gets older. I think that we'll see, you know, reverse tra- trajectories on Varsho and, and real Muto as far as speed goes, as long as he's catcher eligible. Uh, I, I like I like buying Varsho and it is, I'm with you though, Raymond. I mean, Looking at his savant page, he doesn't hit the ball very hard, which is something I never would have guessed. So I took I I took him at forty seven in the roto mock that we did a couple weeks ago for CBS, and I yeah. guess I took him ahead of ADP. Yeah, that's that's solid, dude. Can you believe that ADP is Gabe's no. saying that he'll reach for Varsho, but Gabe, I don't think you could guess his NFBC ADP right now. It's 37. What, his NF, yeah, his ADP right now in NFBC leagues is 37, which I thought I was going to be high on him because I have him ranked 46 overall. I may not reach and, him in the third round, but. <laughs> yeah, 37. <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to start yeah, a catcher run, I'm him, starting with Varsho. If I could get him back, like, where I got him towards the end of the fifth or even into the fifth, like, I'd, I'd be willing to pay that price. Yeah, for sure. I mean, what did I? I just got him in that dynasty draft we were just talking about, right? Like, let me right. let me go back for a second and look to see what what round did I get Varsho in there? And this is a dynasty. I got Varsho in the seventh round of that league. Now that's good Varsho value. Third round, eh? <laughs> and he was my second catcher in that league too. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah. Um, you guys ready to move on to the next guy? Let's do it. All right. Yeah. I think the next guy we have here 
is my boy, Sean Murphy, who in my article, I listed Sean Murphy as a sleeper. And I think he's pretty underrated. Um, I've been in my third team. My third tier is just Alejandro Kirk and Sean Murphy, basically five and six catchers. Uh, Sean Murphy had a really good year in Oakland, really nice power. Basically, he's like kind of like a little version of Will Smith. He's not as good as Will Smith, but he does like exactly the same things, just a little less so. Like he's a, a little bit lesser than Will Smith. Um, and people are kind of down on Murphy this year because they're, they're saying, oh, he's not going to hit third. He's not going to get as many at-bats. And the Braves had Darno, so he's not going to get as much playing time. But the counter argument to that is Oakland sucks to hit it. It's like the worst stadium for hitters. Now he's going to Atlanta, which is a really good stadium for hitters. And on top of that, he's going to be hitting, I think, fifth in the lineup with Acuna and Free- uh, not Freeman, uh, Olsen and RBI. all he's got, Riley, all in front of him and behind him. Even like even behind him will be like Albies or Harris, one of those two is going to be right behind him. Uh, he's in the middle of a really, really good lineup. And I think that that benefit of him being in that lineup can outweigh the le- less at-bats that he's going to see. And also being in a better hitter's park is really going to help him. So I'm high on Murphy, and I don't really – I'm not a, on board with this tanking of the Murphy value. I don't know what you guys think about Murphy and his him being traded and where you would draft him, but I got Murphy as my number six catcher, and I just see a ton of value there uh, compared to the rest of the catchers. And like I said, uh, there's six catchers with a 100 or greater F score. Murphy is one of those with a 101 F score and a 113 future F score. So he's like the last of that tier of catchers that can provide above replacement level value compared as compared to like other position players. What do you think, Raymond? So first of all, I have a question. Could you guys hear all those police sirens next to me? No. <laughs> okay. Well, there was something absolutely going down right outside my window. But um, <laughs> no, I think I'm going to plant my flag on Murphy this year as the resident Braves fan of the podcast. Um Guess where, he, guess where he went in this roto mock that I did that I just referenced. I'm gonna say 123, just random shot, dude. 124. <laughs> oh, look at that! <laughs> that was insane. But yeah, dude, like I think he's gonna be my favorite. I think he's gonna be my favorite catcher target like he didn't hit for the power i think people expected last year but hey he was in oakland um for what it's worth baseball savant thinks he would have hit 18 home runs in atlanta too but all the things you mentioned dude he's gonna hit fifth and probably the best lineup in baseball his defense is gonna keep him on the field travis darno i've never been a huge travis darno fan but i mean they'll still get him played appearances at dh i bet like i'll take the over on 550 plate appearances probably um the the adp value if it stays there and it doesn't start to creep up as we get further into the spring yeah i love it yeah and so for reference his adp right now is 115 and i have him as my 98th ranked player overall but 115 is the adp so really good value. so you're saying i can get him in the 11th round pick or in the 11th or 12th round like yeah absolutely Mm-hmm. What do you think, Gabe? 
Yeah, I love that value. Uh, that's where I think a catcher should go, you know. Uh, eighth or ninth round, tenth round, I'll be looking for a catcher there. And I love his move to Atlanta. I think that, you know, depending on how much Darno plays, the Braves are, you know, I feel like they'd, they're really high on kind of rationing the catcher's starts. And so that's going to be the only knock on him, like you mentioned earlier. I think that's probably a realistic argument. But, uh, I'm, dude, I love that. I love the value. I love the ADP. I love his power output. He's going to get a ton of RBIs. Yeah, he is. Roster resource has him betting fifth. I like that. Right in the middle. That's a perfect spot for him. So uh, next guy we're going to talk about is on the opposite tra- side of that trade. We have uh, William Contreras. This is one of Gabe's guys that he wanted to talk about. So Gabe, talk a little bit about William Contreras. Okay. Well, dude, I, I think that, you know, I think that we're going to look back on this, on the Sean Murphy trade. And I think, it, I think that there's a chance it could be the William Contreras trade. Uh, I think that, you know, he was the, uh, the biggest victim of, you know, the Braves roster management and their catching, uh, you know, they had, they had Darno in there and they had, he didn't play very much. You know, can, I could not believe I had him in a couple leagues. I couldn't believe the games he didn't play, uh, you know, for his, mostly his power output, but just his, you know, across the board hitting tool. Uh, I think that that's, he's just going to feast in Milwaukee. He's got a, you know, he's in the 84th percentile hard hit. His average exit velocity is 76. Max exit velocity, 97. The guy is a hitter. He's a power hitter. I don't. I think there's, I think it's easy to see him hitting 30 home runs in Milwaukee. He's going to play all the time. He's going to DH some probably for rest. Uh, he played a couple games in the outfield last season. I can't see that really, you know, I, I, he probably won't ever get uh, outfield eligibility, but you never know. Uh, he's going to get more opportunities in Milwaukee than he, than he had in Atlanta. I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably taking William Contreras uh, anywhere I can get him. I, I think that that, you know, that eighth round to 12th round, I think that he'll probably go, you know, that seems like great value to me. Gabe, I'm going to put you in a tough spot as a Cubs fan. Are you taking William Contreras or Wilson Contreras first? William. You're taking, taking William. William, dude. Yep. Is that like, cause Wilson's not on the Cubs anymore? I, th- uh, <laughs> he's old. He's also old. <laughs> Yeah, Dude, you, you I, know, though, they, they're, they're very similar. Like, they're kind of, it's kind of funny because William Contreras is like almost the same as Wilson. His hit tool is a little bit worse and he's got a little more juice in the bat, I think. But besides that, they're like basically the same player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> metrically. <laughs> yeah. I think that William's got the higher floor. You know, w- Wilson probably has the lower, uh, I'm sorry, William, William has the higher ceiling. I think that Wilson probably yeah. has the lower or the higher floor. But, uh, dude, I, I, I think that William Contreras is going to be an absolute monster in Milwaukee. I'm not happy about it, but. Yeah. Yeah, that ballpark is, is going to do wonders for him. I mean, like, he's already hitting in a good ballpark. But, like you said, the playing time situation, the Braves have too many guys. In Milwaukee, they don't have too many guys. William Contreras is going to play, and he's going to play a lot. What do you think, Raymond? No, I uh, earlier I said JT Real Muto was one of the only guys to hit for power to all fields, and Contreras is one of the other ones. Like his spray chart is pretty impressive, and he hit the ball so incredibly hard. Um, 
it's a monster. Baseball savant thinks he would have hit 30 home runs if he played in Milwaukee. So, yeah. I mean, if you can get 30 home runs out of your catcher position, that doesn't come with like a, a 212 usual catcher batting average for that type of player. That's a big advantage. So, yeah. No, I like, I like some... with... Go ahead. Contrary. Oh, I was just going to say, he doesn't have a like super impressive uh, uh, K rates or walk rates. So, like, I don't know. I think he played over his head a little bit in terms of um, consistency. Like, I think he's more of a peaks and valleys player. But yeah. like you mentioned, Gabe, the, the ceiling is through the roof. So, yeah, I mean, he's only 25. Who knows what he could be? He didn't even play 100 yeah. games. He had 20 home runs. Yeah, I don't he, think. He had a 500 slugging, 500 slugging, 506. Yeah, that's insane. Like, I don't, just, I don't know if he can replicate that. Yeah, the con, the contact rate worries me a little bit about him. Um, the whiff rate's even worse. Yeah, it'll play up a little bit better in Milwaukee, I think. Um, but you guys want to want to know something crazy? Is William Contreras has an ADP of one eleven, which is higher. Yeah, dude, they're going, they're going back. Sean Murphy. Yeah. No, William Murphy, yeah, William Contreras is going ahead of Sean Murphy. So between those two, the two guys we just talked about, who are you picking? I'll take Murphy. The, yeah. other, thing, the, the other thing about Contreras is he's, he's got a little bit of a reverse splits thing going on. He only hit five home, run, five home runs against lefties, which I thought was kind of weird. A part of that might be he was – he was kind of platooning with Darno and like with some of the other guys on the team a little bit, but yeah, it is. Well, you're right. It is weird because he's a righty. Um, so he yeah. hit 15, he hit, he hit 15 homers against righties. Then. Yep. Maybe he did hit, hit, hit for a much higher average against lefties. So, I mean, I'm just worrying. I'm just wondering if, is that a quantity thing? How many at bats did he have against lefties versus righties? Then, uh, 99, that, yeah. 99 against left, 235 against righties. That kind of makes sense. So that's even then. One third, basically. two thirds. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. Yeah, even. you're right. That's, not, that's pretty. That's not that bad of a split. It's just, it's just. I think it's just a quantity thing where probably they had somebody else that they were trying to get in the lineup, which is crazy because look, his average against lefties was 354 last year. So he's hitting 354 yeah. and he only had 99 at bats. If you got a guy smashing lefties like that, he should be playing against lefties more often. But um, yeah, that might just be a quantity thing because of like they might have had other righties that. They wanted to get in there against lefties. Like Dar- maybe Darno sucks against righties, so they want to, They're trying to play him against that. Who really knows? Uh, I know who knows. Snicker knows. <laughs> okay, next on the list is your last guy, Raymond, because you picked all the top tier guys. And yeah, man, I- I'm going to start off by telling you this is a bust for me. Do you do you want to talk about Sally because you like him or because you hate him? No, I I wanted to talk about Salvi A because, like I mentioned earlier, I was pretty much all in on him. Scott White had me convinced to take him at the end of the third round. Um, not bitter about it though. Don't worry. Um, no, I wanted to talk about him because we keep talking about buying the dip, and like he just showed that he hit forty three home runs or whatever, and mm-hmm. almost led the almost led the league in RBIs, and now you can get him. What with an eighth round pick, like uh, his value I, I still think... ain't that good, dude. His ADP right now for NFBC is sixty three. I don't know what your mine's different than yours. His average ADP on mine is seventy ninth, and I like that a lot more than 
63rd. NFBC. Um, I just searched the last month, basically. January NFBC. Oh, okay, that's why I didn't filter anything. And I just took the average. Um, but you got to think that um, that offense is getting better. We like Vinny P. We like Bobby Witt. Um, and I mean, and he got hurt last year, which I guess could be an argument against him. But yeah, I think I think he's he's settling into a place where I could see myself drafting him. I guess is why I wanted to talk about him. I think he's, he's going like to fall. He's going to fall. I think, I think no one's going to take him in the first. You know, I don't. That ADP sounds really high for me. It is. And like, last last year, last year I made the argument that Salvi was the biggest bust in all of fantasy baseball. And I think I was right. He was. Well, dude, coming off. Yeah. And I was arguing that last year before the season. And I'm arguing the same thing this year. Cal Rally is a much better version of Salvi than Salvi. The the problem is this. Look at Salvi's F score for plate discipline. It's 63. You know who else has a 63 F score for plate discipline? Javi Baez. (laughs) So he's basically Javi Baez without the speed, but a catcher. That's Salvador Perez. That's I don't. Bad. I don't want to spend a high pick on him. I like. He, he's just. The, the, it's not that Salvi sucks. I don't think he sucks. I think he's good. I think he's going to get at bats. But the problem is, his ADP is just way too high. He's been living well, off of like that year that he had a couple years ago was a miracle year. We can't expect that to happen again, or really anything close to it. Um, I mean, like he can hit twenty-five home runs, yeah, or maybe thirty. But he, he's not going to get on base. He sucks at getting on base. Uh, he's getting older. He's not going to steal. The Royals have Melendez now, who's going to take some of his playing time. And before, there was no other catcher there. Um, there's so other guys I like too. more than him. Yeah, there, there's just other, other guys I like more than him. And his ADP at 63 over the last month is insane, considering I have him as my 162nd overall player. Right. So I'm 100 spots. I'm drafting him 100 spots below where he's going right now, which to me, that's nuts. So I'm calling it again that he's, he's going to be one of the biggest busts for, of all players drafted this year in fantasy baseball. I think, I think he Sorry, has a high – no, it's fine. I mean, I like disagreeing about things. I think he has one of the higher floors. I mean, he missed 48 games last year and still hit 23 home runs and had 76 RBIs. Like, given what you picked up off the waiver wire and replaced him with while he was hurt, like, that's still a pretty successful, I mean, like you said, not based off where he was being drafted last year. But I think in in terms of safety at the catcher position, I think you could do a lot worse. Yeah, I agree. It's just just all about where he's getting drafted. It's just ridiculous. So, like, the other other hitters that I have around where Salvi's going – are uh, I've got Cal Rally and William Contreras, obviously, other catchers. Um, I've got like Matt Carpenter, um, Jesse Winker. Like, I, I would rather take the uh, Taylor Ward, I'd rather take uh, the gamble on guys like that than Salvi up at 63. It's just like not even close, dude. I just don't, I don't think that in the leagues that we're in, that we're going to see Salvi getting drafted in the sixth round. It's possible. Maybe in our, you know, our dynasty league is different because it's a re, you know, it's, it's a, it's a dynasty draft. So obviously he may go in the sixth or seventh round in our dynasty draft. Cause there's, you know, the player pool is so much smaller, 
But I think that if you could get Salvi, you know, I think that a lot of people are going to be fading him, myself included. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to get to a place, you know, in the 10th round or the 11th round where he would be a good value. I want to give you guys a couple interesting questions. Would you rather draft Giancarlo Stanton or Salvador Perez? Salvi by a mile. Not, not dynasty or anything, just 2023. Salvi by a mile. Gabe? Gosh, man. I <laughs> I don't like either one of those guys. That's why it's tough. But, yeah. Let me I'm going give to stand. me a second. I'm going Stan, just because he has a higher ceiling. Yeah, I, I think I'd probably go Stanton, too. Yeah, I, don't, I, got I, just, I don't draft catchers, though, you know? Like, I'm not a catcher guy. Here's an, Well, that's why, that's why we have to debate this a little bit. Here's another fun one for you. Are you taking Chris Bryant or Salvador Perez? Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> Salvi. I think it's all about what my but, roster would need, but I'm pretty down on Chris at, Bryant, too. At the I'm same time, you can Bryant. wait. I'm still thinking Bryant. You can wait 50 picks and take Sean Murphy. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's crazy to me. That's why I'm saying, That's why I'm calling Sean Murphy a sleeper and Salvi a bust. It's not that I think yeah, Salvi sucks fair. or anything like that. It's just, like, the draft – where both those guys are getting drafted is all bass backwards. Right. Yeah, that's nuts. Six round salvi is nuts. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another one. And you guys should I hope you guys answer the right one on this one. Are you drafting Anthony Rizzo or Salvi? I'll take Rizzo. I'm not a Rizzo guy. I'll take Salvi. Dude, you gotta go R to the Izzo. R to the Izzo. He's back in New York with his He's boy. Made New York. Aaron Judge. <laughs> all right, let's move on. Otherwise, we, we'll play this game all day. Uh, we'll go to my next guy, which is the next one on the list. It is rookie Logan Ohapi. I think we talked about him a little bit on the pro, on the prospect podcast, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But Ohapi is my number 12th ranked catcher. Uh, I think there's a very good chance that he's the starting catcher for the Angels, considering he was starting at the end of last year for the Angels to break the season. He's almost like his skills are very similar to Sean Murphy's actually, where he's got good plate discipline, solid power. He's actually got a little bit more speed than Murphy. Um, contact rate is down a little bit, but that's because he's a rook. He can get up there. I love Logan O'Hoppy. I think he's got great value right now. Um, his ADP right now is 232, and I've got him ranked 215. So I'm not that much lower than the ADP value. But I think Ohapi is a huge breakout candidate, and I'm highlighting him as one of my breakouts for 2023. Logan Ohapi. You guys got anything on him? I noticed I... that he was a uh, 23rd round draft pick. So, in you know, That's in the cool. when he when he got drafted, which is really cool. And so, uh, I mean, his my his power is is probably for real. Yeah, I read up on him a little bit. I. I think it's cool he was in that Brandon Marsh trade. I didn't realize that was like a, a straight up one for one trade. That's pretty cool. But um, I what I read is apparently he skipped AAA after that after that trade with the Angels, and he was absolutely on fire 
he hit 306 with 11 home runs and 131 plate appearances. And he's got a great eye. So his OBP was 473. Uh, yes, please. And yeah, like you said, the power's legit. So I think he was not going to play in Philly with JT Real Muto being the stud that he is. So, I mean, this trade made a lot of sense in real baseball. And hopefully we get another full-time full-time catcher that uh, can contribute in fantasy. But the only thing I want to say that, like, makes me nervous, and I've mentioned this before, is um, we've seen some of these teams get apprehensive about just handing over a full pitching staff to a rookie catcher. And so on a team that has Shohei Otani with a sixth starting pitcher to figure out, I just wonder how much how much he's going to play. Interesting notes for you guys. So I think all the projection systems are they they're all undervaluing. They all have him with like 80 games. So they're all projecting that he's not going to come up and start this season for the Angels. Number one, I think that's kind of ridiculous because number first off, roster resource has him starting on the team. Second, the starting catcher behind him is Max Stassi, who's like okay. Um, you know, it's not like you're replacing a superstar there. And Max Stassi hit like two, 211 or something last year. Like, he was not great. Um, and the Angels need to go for it this year. This is something that people are forgetting. Like, if the Angels don't go for it, they're going to lose Otani. Like, if they actually want a shot at keeping Otani, the best player ever, regardless. like, they ha- that may be right, Gabe, but they're trying. They added Brandon Drury this offseason. They, they added Tyler Anderson. Like, they're trying to do stuff. They're trying to make improvements to the team. They're trying to be good this year. Because if Otani leaves, like, Trout's 31. He's going to be 32 next year. Like, this might be the last chance that the Angels have for Trout to ever, like, do anything in the playoffs or even, like, make a playoff. So, like, I think that they're going to be aggressive with Ohapi. He already played last year. They already broke the, you know – they already broke Field. through that whole thing of, you know, roster manipulation. So there's no, that's not going to happen. Um, the only reason they would hold him down is because they don't think he's ready, but they obviously thought he was ready enough to bring him up last year. And they just watched Adley Rushman dominate as a rookie with the Orioles. And Adley Rushman also netted them an extra draft pick because he was so good last year as a rookie that they got an extra draft pick. So um, I really think, Ohapi is going to get way more at bats and projection systems, and that's going to increase the value right there on where he's going. Versi, I'll, yeah, I'll add I, one thing I, to that. Yeah, go you go first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all I was going to say is him and Stassi are both right-handed, so it's not even like he's going to sit against left-handers or anything like that. Like, there's not really a platoon possibility there. So, yeah, I mean, if he shows he can handle the pitching staff and he's better than Stassi offensively, like. They have zero reason not to play him every day. For, or at you know least their as third much catcher as their, their third no. catcher is Matt Face. He was like a first Never baseman who can he's like a first baseman who came up who can kind of catch on the side. That's who their third catcher is. I just I just don't oh, think there's the much to worry catcher. about. So Gabe, what were you gonna say? Oh, I just have a hard time valuing catching prospects you know overall as a whole i think that the you know rushman may be the maybe the exception to the rule uh, as far as you know young catchers coming in they have so much 
like you know that I feel like that aspect of the game managing pitchers you know the defensive side of it is so hard for you know young guys that are breaking into the league we've seen in the last couple of years how hard it is for all these top rated rookies you know there's been a lot of them that have kind of fallen on their face and in, in you know they're in their you know rookie season and I feel like catchers that you know if you look over the years at the top ranked catchers you know guys like Joey Bart uh and even Cal Raleigh had a you know, pretty, I mean, I know he hit 30 home runs, but he hit 200, you know, in the league. I think it's just, uh, it's hard for me to get excited about catching prospects that don't have a ton of major league experience. Um, as far as like drafting them from a fantasy perspective, because there's just so much other stuff going on behind the scenes that make it even harder for catching prospects to, you know, to catch fire right away. Uh, yeah. On the offensive side of the ball. It's, it's a good point. I mean, one could argue, though, that we have way better catching prospects coming out now than ever. Like, people joke that we're in, like, the golden golden age of catching prospects right now, which there are a lot of really good ones. So that's something to – I don't know. I would open your mind up, just like a little advice, I think, for you, is I would just open your mind up a little bit more on catchers because when you look at prospects, it's almost like everyone wants to draft the shortstops and the, the center fielders, right? Um, no one wants to get the first base guy. Like, I got Alonzo in, like, every league because he, he was never ranked as, like, a top – more than, like – I think his highest ranking that I saw as a prospect was, like, 60 or something like that. And he's hitting 40, 40 homers in the minors. But it's because he's a first baseman. So sometimes these positions um, get pushed down when they shouldn't. So that's just – I'll just leave off on that so we can get the next guy. Uh, next guy on the list, though, is another one of my guys, and then we'll get to Gabe's value, guys. Uh, but I have Mitch Garver – who, believe it or not, I also think is a premium value. I have him listed as a sleeper. Uh, Mitch Garver, last year, only played in 54 games, and he had 10 homers. So the power was maintained that he has had in the past. Uh, Garver, on F-scores, has a 98 F-contact, a 123 discipline, 140 power. So the hit tool is still there. The plate discipline is there. The power is there. He's slow as crap like most catchers. Uh, 43 durability because he did get hurt and Garver is getting pushed down because Jonah Heim came up and played really, really well. But I think Garver was getting some DH, a lot of DH reps too last year. So I'm really not as concerned that he's going to just miss out completely. Like last year, for instance, he played only 14 games of catcher and 36 of DH. I still think he's going to get those DH reps. I don't know who else Texas would give them to. Um, but I like Garver because he maintains that catcher eligibility. And uh, he, he's got a lot of power. He, he's a guy who could easily hit 25 homers over like a 400 at-bat sample size. So if you're going to go late on catcher and like get one of these deep guys, that's someone that you could get who is going to still give you power so that you just don't completely miss out and have like a, a, known, a, a non-stat nothing at catcher later in the draft. Uh, so right now his ADP is 444, which is really, really low. And I've got him as my 290th ranked player. So Mitch Garver, sleeper. What do you guys got on Garver? I mean, I I would call him a bust more than a sleeper, but you laid out why. It's because he hasn't had 360 plate appearances ever in his career. Ever. Ever. The closest he got was 2019, and he only got to 359. So. Um, and he had 31 home runs over that, too. Yeah, I just... Sounds like Salvador's miracle season. If I'm gonna end up on the waiver wire looking for a catcher, anyways, like I'll just <laughs> not bother. But he's Mike like Zanino said, light. 
He's not. Yeah. He's his ADP, ADP is free though. Four forty four, dude. This is like your last ADP, round pick. That means he's not his being ADP drafted. Starts, yeah, it's his his ADP is free. If you're drafting Mitch Garver, it's because you don't have a catcher. You just completely neglected catcher, and you're in the last round of a twelve team league, or you're in a two catcher league. If you're in a two catcher league, there's some value there. And in a lot of leagues, don't you need twenty games at a position to qualify for the next year? So is he might not even be catcher eligible in some leagues because he only played fourteen so, last year. Yeah, so I think most most are ten most leagues are, are ten games at a position. Yahoo's ridiculous with only five games. But Yeah. But I think CBS standard is uh ten in season and twenty the year before. Is it? I thought it was ten. I thought that I think that I thought that and Odd New were both ten. And fan tracks I think was ten, but I could be wrong. But yeah, I, I don't like the health. The power's the power's all right. I don't know. The the Rangers still have Brad Miller, who they seem to want to play for some reason, so Brad Miller. I don't know. I'll take Garver over Miller. You got anything on that, Gabe? Oh, man, Garver is my kind of guy in that he's a – I see him as a waiver guy, kind of like the other two guys that I that I highlighted. I'm not saying he's not going to end up on my team somewhere because, you know, Adam, as a free agent or a waiver wire ad, you know, to, to back up. I don't mind any two catcher leagues. You know, that's that's over my head. Uh, so I, I'm not – I'm going to fade Garver. I, 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 don't, yeah. I don't chase for catchers, but I hope I end up with someone besides Garver on my team. <laughs> well, instead, you're on another power, a, a, a guy who's injured, who loves, who, who's all power, all boomer bust. You got Mike Zunino as your next, as, as your next catcher you want to talk about. Why are you, why yeah. are you in on Mike Zunino this year? So, and I'm, you know, in comparison to Garver, man, I, I think that he's the same type of guy. Uh, and Zunino's a guy that I've streamed in the past. Like when, you know, I've had William Contreras, like he gets hurt. I'm sorry, Wilson Contreras gets hurt. I pick up Mike Zanino. Uh, he's, I, I'm not drafting him anywhere, just to be clear. This is just kind of, you know, Zanino, uh, Zanino kind of just fits in with my, my with, he's one of the reasons that I don't value catchers that high because you can get a guy like him on the waiver wire typically. You know, he hit 33 homers last year. He had that thoracic outlet surgery last year. Um, he should he should play more this year, depending on what Bo Naylor does in Cleveland. Uh, I think that he's, you know, I think he's got a pretty good shot. He's ha- he's hit 20 home runs twice in his career. Besides the, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, he's hit 20 home runs three times in his career. Besides his 33 home runs, so he's been over 20 home runs, you know, four seasons. I think that he's pretty reliable. You know, he's injured, so that's that's just it. If he, but I'm not. But when I'm looking for a waiver wire ad. You know, he's going to be – I'm not going to look at him unless he's healthy. And if he's healthy, he's not going to cost me anything. I can add him. He, he He's a very streaky guy, I've noticed. Like, he'll have, you know, mm-hmm. four or five home runs in a week. And so he's just one of those guys. Like, that's, that's, that's where he can, brings value to me. Uh, I'm not going to draft him. But he having a guy like Zanino out there, you know, is, is part of the reason that I pass on guys in the fifth and sixth round is because I know that as a, you know, a fail state, there's, a, there's, you know, three or four or five guys like Zanino out there that – that you can usually pick up if you're in a pinch. Yeah. So I have one pro and one con I'm going to give you before you go to Raymond. So Zunino, pro for Zunino that most people aren't going to think about is that he was playing in Tampa where there's infamously like a bad batter's eye, right? Like we saw the whole Willie Adames thing where like, he's like, yeah, you can't see the ball very well, blah, blah, blah. 
So there is room for Zunino to progress, have a good bounce back season. But the con, and you kind of mentioned it, is Bo Naylor. I really, really like Bo Naylor. And I think that Zunino is not going to have a very long leash. I think he will have the starting gig to start the season. But um, I think if he's hitting 180 or 200 or whatever, not getting on base, Bo Naylor is going to be up very, very quickly next year. What do you think, Raymond? Yeah, I don't I don't think there's a ton to write home about. I think you nailed it, especially the four home runs in a week. He's the guy who, like, does that, and then on Friday gets picked up, and then by the next Friday he gets dropped. After yep. he goes over over his next 32. Yep. All right, next guy. He's a streamer. Yeah, next guy you got kind of falls in the same category, but is going to get more at-bats probably because he's outfield eligible too. It's Raymond's favorite player, Eric Haas. Tell us why you like Eric Haas, Gabe. And then we'll let okay, Raymond so... talk about why he's the best player on the Tigers for 2022. <laughs> a lot of the same reasons that I like Zanino. I'm not going to draft this guy either. But he had a 748 OPS uh, through 350 at-bats last year. He was better. He improved in 2022 over what he did in 2021. But not, you know, they're both like, like both, uh, I think he had 20 home runs in both seasons. He's, uh, or, you know, r- roughly there. So he's kind of, he's established, a, you know, kind of, he's a known value. He gets, uh, he doesn't have any speed, but he plays outfield. And so, he, you know, he's going to get those at-bats. And he's, at any given point in the season, he's on the waiver wire. Uh, which is just, you know, the kind of guys that I like. Uh, I like having those, you know, those guys in my back pocket for when, you know, whatever catcher I have goes down. I think we need to make a a, a, a fantasy ace ball, like, side podcast called Catcher Streamer, and that's going to be Gabe. (laughs) That's your Twitter handle. You're just going to be Catcher Streamer. (laughs) There's your niche. That's fair. What do you think, Raymond? (laughs) I don't think I think he's gonna be primarily a catcher this year until somebody gets hurt probably, but I don't know. He keeps over overperforming his expected stats. And he's a guy who came out of nowhere, so he has no track record of actually being good. But he's another guy who needs to pull the ball to get the ball over the fence and maybe the maybe the fence move helps, but um no, I don't think he's super exciting, but like you said, he's free and he hits over 250. So for a waiver wire catcher, that's kind of impressive. So he's gonna get a lot okay. of bats. He's not. E- he's not even in a platoon right now, because the Tigers are so bad. Sorry, Raymond. That he's literally like he's not in a platoon at all, and he's just gonna get a ton of at bats. Yeah, I bet he plays 100 games if he stays healthy. I just saw on Twitter. Uh, one of the Tigers accounts I follow tweeted, blank, we'll have a breakout year for the Tigers. And I responded with Oz, who, if you don't know, is the Tigers mascot. So that's where we're at <laughs> as Tigers fans. <laughs> oh, you're not on that Kerry Carpenter bandwagon? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, that wraps up our catcher preview. Uh, we ran a little long today. Sorry about that. If you haven't seen yet on Friends of Fantasy Benefits, you can check out the first base rankings too. That is already up. If you want to get a head start on our next podcast, that will be recording later in the week. We'll be talking about first baseman. A lot more fun than catchers. Uh, sorry, Gabe. I know catcher streaming is kind of your thing, but uh, we're, we're doing first base next time. No catchers. 
Uh, if you want to get one of those guys, it's a catcher slash first baseman. I, I know you might be into that kind of thing. So, <laughs> so, so we're going to end up there. Uh, I have my second base rankings are also going to be coming out tomorrow on friends with fantasy benefits and the shortstop rankings will be posted later this week and we'll be potting second and shortstop next week. So that is the future of the fantasy baseball podcast. And uh, Raymond, why don't you say something uh, funny? And then after that, we'll like Gabe close it out because we haven't had Gabe on the podcast for a few episodes and uh, we, we need a Gabe closing to end this bad boy. I don't know if I have something funny, but I get tomorrow off work because it's my birthday. So that's pretty cool. Ooh, happy birthday. Oh, nice. Happy birthday, Raymond. Everybody on Twitter, tell Raymond happy birthday when you listen to this. Tomorrow is Wednesday, February 1st. So on Wednesday, February 1st, if you listen to this podcast, go on Twitter and say happy birthday to Raymond. Gabe, end it. Don't get old, Raymond. <laughs> well, uh, I it's a pretty exciting time in Kansas City right now. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched any football this weekend, but she's oh, yeah. going to the Super Bowl again. And uh, I noticed, I know this isn't really up our alley, but the Eagles have have played just complete garbage quarterbacks all year. Uh, all year long, they've played garbage quarterbacks. And I think that uh, they're going to be in for a rude awakening. This isn't Matt Ryan. This isn't Davis Mills. This isn't Kenny Pickett. We've got Patrick Mahomes in the house this next couple weeks. So I think they're going to be a little surprised. I don't really know how to play against a real quarterback. Chad Henney, baby. Andy Reid Bull. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs>